that. All right, get your Bibles out if you would. Exodus chapter 32, familiar passage of Scripture. And here we have Moses. He's been up on the mountain. You know the story. He spent time with God. And as he's up there, God tells him, hey, you got to get down off the mount. The people have defiled themselves. Moses comes down off the mount and finds out what is going on. And you know the story how Moses is gone up and now Aaron goes and tells the people to break off their earrings and to take them and he took them and he graven he took and made a graven image a golden calf and the people began to worship this golden calf unbelievable it's unbelievable that this could even have happened Could it even be a reality that these people who have experienced so much could veer off so far, so fast, so quickly? And when we look at the events of this passage of Scripture, I think we should take admonition from that. These people followed some steps that led them to this bad decision. It was not just an overnight decision. Have you ever just made a spur-of-the-moment bad decision? We all have. This was not a buyer's remorse. Oh, I shouldn't have bought that. It wasn't a press... uh, buy on Amazon and later you spend the rest of the year trying to figure out how you're going to pay for it. This was something that they were led into. They had allowed some things in their life that brought them to this point. If I look around, I would say that none of us would plan to worship an idol. But if you would have asked them, they wouldn't have either. There were some things that were allowed in their life that led them down a path to where that was the next step. You know, we can take steps that will lead us right to the precipice of destruction. It's not that we just made one decision that was a bad decision. It is usually the compilation of many decisions. And here we have this passage of Scripture, and at the end of the day, we see that 3,000 men have lost their life. We have other men who have been forced to pick up a sword And take the life of their neighbor, their brother, their fellow man. This was not a decision that just impacted a few people. 
each one of these people that lost their life, they had a mama. They had a daddy. They had brothers and sisters. They had potentially had children, wives. This, this event impacted so many. Now, if we remember back to 9-11, 3,000, a little over 3,000 people lost their life. And it impacted not just our nation, it impacted the world. There was a fallout that impacted the entire world. And so here, this event was a very major event. I want to speak to you on the subject tonight. What just happened? What just, what just happened? How did this become a reality? And let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight. Thank you for these that are there, here and uh, those that are watching online. Help all of us uh, to look into our life and uh, may we avoid uh, the destruction. May we take admonition and, and guidance from uh, these mistakes that others have made. And uh, may we be saved uh, from bad decisions because of that. And so I pray that you'd help us. Uh, instruct us, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. I want you to see several things tonight as we look at what was going on in this, this passage uh, first of all, go back to uh, chapter number 32 and verse number 1. We'll back up uh, to see the, the beginning of this event uh, and see what, how it really unfolded. Exodus 32, verse 1, it says, And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, uh, out of the, mount the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up, make us gods which shall go before us, for as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not is become of him. And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings, which are in the ears of your wives and of your sons and of your daughters, and bring them unto me. Now, hold on one second here. Uh, when we look at this, uh, the, the, uh, uh, the earrings have always, and you look through Scripture, earrings in men are always a symbol of slavery. It is the result of slavery. It was symbolic of slavery. And so, uh, men, uh, th this is not for you to, to say, oh yeah, they had earrings in their ears. Well, there's a lot of things that people did in the Bible that was not what they were supposed to do. All right. Uh, just because it's in there doesn't mean it's admonition or a pass to do this. Uh, so Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives and of your sons and of your daughters, and bring them unto me. And all the people break off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool. Now, notice this event and how it is unfolding, the reality of the event versus what is said is going to what happened. Uh, the recollection of what happened is nowhere close to what is really happening here. And so he had uh, he fashioned it with a graving tool after he had made it a molten calf 
And they said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early on the morrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. So what was the event that we see in this passage of Scripture? Number one, I want you to see that they were impatient. They were impatient. Uh, right off the bat in verse number one, it says, And when the people saw that, de- that Moses delayed to come down. Impatience. Impatience will lead you to make a lot of bad decisions. Impatience. Uh, Here, these people, they were impatient. Moses delayed to come down. Waiting is hard. Waiting is hard. Now, with this, we see that, that it is, this is a 40-day event. It wasn't like Moses was just gone overnight. He was gone for 40 days. And so, so this is a, this is a, a waiting is hard. Uh, take your Bibles. We're going to look at several verses. Hold your place here. Go to Psalm 123. Psalm 123 and verse number 2. Psalm 123. Bible says, But behold, as the eyes of the servant look unto the hand of their masters, and the, as the eyes of the maiden unto the hand of her mistress, so our eyes wait upon our, the Lord our God, until that he have mercy upon us. Uh, he is saying, just like a servant is going to wait upon and looking and anticipating what the master was going to require of them or ask of them, uh, that same anticipation, that same waiting is how we are supposed to have for the Lord. We are to be looking to him, anticipating what he desires for us to do. Go to Isaiah, Isaiah chapter number eight, Isaiah chapter eight, and look with me at verse number 17, Isaiah eight. In verse number 17, Bible says, And I will wait upon the Lord that hideth his face from the house of Jacob, and I will look for him. So he is waiting upon the Lord. There is this, this patience that is there. Go to Isaiah 40, 31, very familiar passage. Isaiah 40 and verse 31. Isaiah 40, 31 But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Uh, This, again, waiting upon the Lord. There's a patience. Uh, This waiting is not doing nothing. This waiting is is anticipating what God has, serving God. Uh, And here, uh, we are to wait upon the Lord. Uh, And In Scripture, we see that uh, we are to wait upon God. It isn't easy to wait. When burdens come, when questions come, we feel like we got to do something. 
But patience, patience is a trait that God wants us uh, to have. Uh, we are to be patient. James 5, 7, be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he receive uh, the early and latter uh, rain. Uh, someone said this, patience is hard work. Patience is hard work. Just consider your own driving practices. How hard it is to wait for the person that has that right blinker on. Just waiting. How long is it going to take you to get out of the lane? Just go ahead and make the turn. We are are so used to everything happening so fast. We're not patient. I remember when microwaves first came out. You guys remember microwaves first coming out? How lazy can people be that they can't spend a little bit of time and warm something up? And then we got one. And why in the world did we ever wait? <laughs> uh, there, we are so fast, everything. We're not, patient. We're not a patient people. And, and here, this group of people, they were impatient, and their impatience led them down a wrong path. Uh, and they were impatient. Secondly, we see that they were not only impatient, they were impulsive. Impulsive. Impatience leads to impulsiveness. Remember I said there is a path that you take, there are steps that you take. They didn't just get there uh, in one step. Uh, There were several things that led them to a place uh, where they made such a bad decision is that they would actually make and worship an idol. Uh, They were impatient, but they were impulsive. Look again at Exodus 32.1. And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together and to Aaron and said unto him, up make us gods, which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what has become of him. You know, look look at this. I mean, their, their whole attitude towards Moses changed. And it wasn't that they didn't know where Moses was at. They were at the bottom of the, of the mount. They they could see the Shekinah glory of God as he was speaking with with Moses. They knew where Moses was at. But in in their impatience, they were driven to be impulsive. Well, I don't know where he's at. We got to do something. Up, make us gods. Make us gods. They wanted to choose their own destiny. And when we are impatient, we will be impulsive. And that impulsiveness will cause us to change direction. 
You see, we get to this attitude that we have to do something. Waiting is hard. And it wasn't that they didn't know where Moses was. He was up on the mountain. They could see the glory of God. They knew where he was. Uh, he had told them where he was going. Uh, and they just didn't know when he was going to come back. You know, not having all the answers can cause us to be insecure. Does anybody have all the answers? So we know that nobody has all the answers, but as soon as we are faced with a situation, we think that we have to have all the answers. And that impatience, not willing to wait for God, will cause us to be impulsive. Being impulsive now is going to cause me to make some other decisions. You know what happens? It starts to snowball. It begins to snowball, and that snowball gets bigger, and it starts moving faster, and it gets out of control before you can even recognize that it's happened. And that's exactly what is going on with these people. Uh, they, they were impulsive. Uh, the people of God had not seen the man of God for 40 days, and it affected them. It affected them. Now, this, this isn't that Moses was somebody special, or the man of God is anybody special, but there is something about the man of God and who he represents that makes us accountable. And here in this 40-day absence of them see, not seeing God's man, it also caused them to lose focus on who God is. The last two years, we have seen that. It is important. It's important. To make sure we allow God's word, God's plan, God's representatives to be in our life. We all need accountability. We all do. I need accountability. I talk to preachers almost every week. Well, every week I talk to preachers. You know what? With that, there is accountability. They remind me of the focus. They remind me of mission. They remind me of direction. I, I want accountability in my life. Without accountability, we find that we make terrible decisions. And, uh, and here, uh, these people had not seen the, God, the man of God for 40 days, and it affected them. It shouldn't have, but it did. They should have been able to keep their eyes on the Lord, but they didn't. God didn't change during that time. The only thing that changed was Moses was not there. And so Moses not being there was part of, uh, of that 
that void, and that void caused them to feel like they had a vacuum that they had to fill, and they chose to fill it with the wrong things. And, uh, and so that, that accountability, Moses, he, res, he represented to the, uh, uh, God to the people. Uh, he represented God's holiness. He represented God's power. He represented God's purpose. He represented God's presence. And all of that Help them keep their focus right. Help them keep their focus uh, on God. Uh, but when Moses' presence was uh, gone, uh, we see how the people, uh, they strayed. Uh, there was a disconnect. There was a disconnect. You know what happens when we disconnect or unplug from the right thing? We plug in to the wrong thing. You know what people did throughout the whole COVID, they unplugged from church, they unplugged from God, and they plugged into the world. That's a reality. And, and that has created that disconnect. Uh, they have disconnected from the holy and plugged in uh, to other things. And not all of them are unholy. But it will lead to that. So 40 days of waiting, it is a long time, but they were not willing to wait any longer. Who are we to tell God how fast he has to work? He said, well, well preacher, I'm, I'm just not getting an answer. Then wait. Wait. Well, I'm not, I'm not sure what he wants me to do. Then do what he told you to do last. In the military, it is following the last order given. I don't know what all the phraseology there. But they, whatever the last command was given, that's what they are to continue to do until they are given a new command. There was, there was a man that I, I had read about, and I don't recall the entire story, uh, but he was, he was uh, uh, given marching orders. And they marched, and as they were marching, they got to the end of... Uh, the, uh, the base area that he was at. And he climbed the fence and went over. And he kept on going and kept on going and he was AWOL. He beat the AWOL charge simply because he was not given an order to countermand his last order. And he did not get punished for that. Now, I'm sure that there was some retribution somehow, but he beat the charge of AWOL because he was still following that last command uh, to continue uh, marching forward. Uh, and uh, here, when we look at the Lord, uh, the Bible says in Proverbs, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Do we believe that? So if God isn't giving us another direction, then we just need to wait. Hard. I got to fix it. I got to do something. Sometimes doing something is worse than doing nothing. I'm not talking about letting your house burn down. 
I'm talking about making life-altering decisions because we're impatient. And that impatience drives us to be an impulsive. And, and these people, uh, that was what happened. What just happened? They were impatient. They were impulsive. But then we see that they were impure. They were impure. Their, their actions here, they were impure. Uh, this 40-day sabbatical was not the cause of them uh, uh, falsely following and making another God. This 40-day sabbatical revealed the sin that already existed inside them. You know, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. What comes out is already in there. And our actions, it's the same way. So here, when we look at Exodus 32, verse 4, and he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool, talking about Aaron. And after he had made it a molten calf, and they said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast unto the Lord. Verse number 6, it says, And they rose up early on the morrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. So the Lord said unto Moses, Go, get thee down, for the people which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. You see, uh, these individuals, they were impure. You know, the Bible says, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. You know, we don't know the depths of sin that are in our heart. You say, well, I would never. You don't know that. You think, well, I would never bow down to an altar of a false god. These people probably wouldn't have either. But they did. And here, this impurity, it was already there. We find uh, these, these individuals, uh, Matthew 12, 34, O generation of vipers. For, uh, he said, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. You see, these individuals, they were impure. Verse 6 of uh, Exodus 32, uh, that rose up to play. It was, this was an immoral, drunken, lustful uh, behavior that was taking place. Uh, there was, uh, it was unrestrained immorality. This was, this was a this was an over-the-top, sinful uh, situation that these people were in. And Moses comes down off of the mount uh, after a special time with God, and he runs right in to the, the depravity of man. Sensuality, the immorality that was there, And these people of God, they succumb to licentiousness and a lascivious lifestyle. Titus 1.15, the Bible says, Under the pure, all things are pure. 
But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, but even their mind and conscience is defiled. And that's where we're at here. These people, they started just being impatient. Well, patience, I mean, that really doesn't matter, preacher. I mean, that's no big deal. We'll just give that a pass. That impulsiveness, just quick to make decisions and not not weigh things out and not pray about things, Uh, that impulsiveness, it takes another step. And then that third step is we see that impurity. And that impurity was there. It was was revealed by the actions. It wasn't the cause. It was just their, their actions was revealing what was already going on inside their heart. But then what I see here is how Moses responded. Moses, when he responds, we find that Moses deals with the important. He deals with the important. He doesn't go through and start chastening them for all of these other issues. He doesn't deal with the fruit. He goes straight to the root. You know, in life, so many times, all we want to deal with is the topical problem. If we're unwilling to deal with the root issues, we'll never get victory. When I was younger, my grandpa, he had a huge yard. And in that huge yard, it was full of dandelions. And us kids, we would go out, we'd pick the dandelions, and we'd pick them up, and what would we do? We'd blow. And those, those seeds would go everywhere. So Grandpa would get us grandkids out there, and he'd tell us to go pick the dandelions. And so then we'd go out there, and we'd start popping the dandelion heads off. Oh, no, that wasn't good enough. So then he'd go in the house, and he got butter knives. He didn't get any steak knives because he, he knew what us boys would do. And he got a bunch of butter knives, and he took us out there, and he made us dig down about that far around every dandelion and pull the entire thing out. You got to get the root. Moses here, let's see how he responds as he is dealing with this. Look again, Exodus 32, verse 30. The Bible says, And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses said unto the people, Ye have sinned a great sin. All right, so he's pointing out it's sin. It wasn't a bad decision. It wasn't a mistake. Come on now. It wasn't, well, it just wasn't one of my better decisions. No, sin. You know, God's people, we should, be, we should be mature enough to recognize when we're wrong, when we sin, we better call it what it is. We whitewash sin, what we'll find is we'll allow a lot of it in our life. 
And so here he deals with that. Uh, he says, you have sinned a great sin. It wasn't just a small sin. It was a big sin. It was a great sin. This was a, a destructive decision. And now I will go up unto the Lord peradventure. I shall make an atonement for your sin. He's saying your sin needs to be paid for. Your sin needs to be atoned. Your sin needs forgiveness. You know, when we, are, when we are dealing with sin in our lives, we're not going to the pastor for the, the forgiveness of sins. We're not going to a priest for the forgiveness of sins. We're not going to some offering for the forgiveness of sins. But we do have to come before God for the forgiveness of sins. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The word confess is the word homo legeo. It's to say the same thing as. Uh, we are to come before God and say the same thing about our sin that he says about our sin. We have to look at our sin as God looks at our sin. It's not, eh, sorry God. That's not good enough. It's not just a, well, I ask the Lord to forgive me. No, uh, when you, you look at sin and how the, the heart of repentance, uh, look at Psalm 51. You watch David as, uh, as he is repenting of his sin. You will find him saying the same thing about his sin as God says about his sin. He is confessing that sin before God. And here uh, Moses is coming before the people and telling them they need atonement for that sin. Verse 31, and Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin and have made them God's of gold. He pointed it out for what it was. He called out the idolatry. What was idolatry? Idolatry was not having God in the proper place. Anything that comes above God is idolatry. Anything. Good things put before God is idolatry. Moses dealt with the root. They sinned a great sin, have made them gods of gold. Now, I don't anticipate visiting anybody and walking into your home and finding Buddha in your entryway. If you're a believer, you recognize that idolatry is something that does not go along with Christianity and our faith in God. They're, they're polar opposites. They had, these people had made them gods of gold, false gods, false idols, the people who had witnessed God's working in their life. Not just in their history, in their life. These people who had witnessed the ten plagues. They had, they had God's people as a whole, not exactly these same people, 
but these people had witnessed uh, all that God had done, uh, the blood and the frogs and the lice. They had witnessed the uh, flies and the pestilence and the boils and the hail uh, and the darkness and the death of the firstborn. They had witnessed all of this. They had witnessed uh, and had been given the truths of the crossing of the Red Sea and of the, the, the drowning of Pharaoh's army, army in the Red Sea and the deliverance of God's people they had they had uh, had the they had known about God providing the water from the the rock and the manna from heaven or double stuffed Oreo cookies coming down from heaven every single morning they wake up and go out and get a pot of uh, of uh, Oreo cookies honey I think I'm gonna have to do that uh, get a pot of Oreo cookies uh, and so uh, anyway they would get these Oreo cookies every day that manna from heaven they witnessed the pillar of fire by day and the pillar a cloud by day and fire by night. They had seen God work on their behalf. Yet, up make us gods. Well, God's not acting the way we want Him to act. Life isn't turning out how I wanted it to turn out. what happens? We shift our faith to our Heavenly Father towards something else. Moses didn't deal with the impatience or the impulsiveness or the impurity at this point. He deals with the important thing. Where's God in your life? Is there anything that is before God in our life? That's a question that it doesn't come up with an easy answer. We know that nothing should be in place of God. But have we allowed anything to come in place of God? Idolatry comes in many forms. Pleasure, security, entertainment, personal fulfillment, finances, money. We can allow our desires or something to take a place of God in our life. And here Moses comes down off the mount. Can you imagine? Put yourself in his place. He has just been with God. Comes down off the mount, and he's looking around. What just happened? I've only been gone for 40 days. He goes to his assistant pastor, Aaron, uh, the high priest, if you would. He goes to him and is like, man, what is wrong with you? What have you done? And Aaron did the same thing that we do, shift bling. <laughs> it was somebody else. It's the people 
And we all do the exact same thing. But what has our life, what have we allowed in our life? Have our expectations of how God should respond to us, has it caused us to be impatient? Has it caused us to be impulsive? Have we found ourselves being impure? God's not in that right place. We start allowing other things in, and all of a sudden, we can push God aside and make our own idols in our life. And that is what takes place here in this passage of Scripture. What do we find? Moses deals with that root. And then he deals with the offenders. And then he tries to get people's focus reshifted back to God. You know, all of us are frail. Our faith is frail. And we, we have to have some of those checkpoints, those boundaries, help sort of push us back where we need to be. Maybe we have allowed ourselves to be impatient. So, Pastor, that's no big deal. Well, we see what it led to here. Let's not be impatient. The impulsiveness, what did it lead to in this instance? Oh, it would never lead me to that. Well, I don't think that they would think it was going to lead them to that either. But it did. We are not an exception. And I think as God has given us and has preserved this for us to see, I think we should take some instruction from it. Let's back up. Let's, let's find where we are at in our faith. Are we being impatient with God? Are we being impulsive in our actions? Are we allowing maybe impure things into our life? What will we find? That next step? Because now God has lost his position in our life. Idolatry is that next step. It happened to them. It could happen to us. Father, help us tonight. Thank you for your goodness. And Lord, I pray that each of us would be challenged in our own mind. I pray that the Holy Spirit of God would uh, just uh, bring some light to areas that we may have let slip. I pray that you would uh, help us. Lord, we don't want to be uh, in a position where we have allowed uh, false idols in our life and have uh, allowed you not to be on the throne of our heart. So I pray that you would just uh, uh, guide us and direct us, uh, convict us. Uh, but Lord, uh, lead us, please, and help us to be sensitive to your leading in our lives. Uh, meet the needs tonight, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. We'll have a short invitation. Lord spoke to your heart tonight as the instruments play. You respond. What just happened? What just happened?